With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello, welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey, hey, Friday pod. afternoon. Hey. It's a Friday. It's an afternoon pod. Lovely. The sun is shining. Yeah, don't start. On oh, that. okay. Um, <laughs> pod two eighty. Wow, blimey! Uh, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with a K. Nice. And JCIS, a global research and brand consultancy. Oh, who's going to do it? You can do it. From South London, visit jc-is.com. I will. Hey, nicely done. Who's going to do it? You <laughs> do it. You're letting the magic in there, aren't you? Really? What magic? <laughs> People at home think this is a beautifully put together, beautifully <laughs> slick podcast. I'm annoyed you pointed over. Oh, oh, sorry, mate. Oh, you've got right. two more opportunities to do it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, Harry, how's it? Hello. How are you? Yeah, but bit sick, but not bad. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Don't talk in my direction then. Selzy. <laughs> uh, very good, thank you. Over the moon? Over the moon, <laughs> top of the world, Friday afternoon with the creatives, seeing how they live. I think, I think afternoon pod's quite nice idea, Kev, don't you think? It's, yeah, it's lovely. It's chilled, it's relaxed. It's, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm a performer, days mean nothing to me. It doesn't really matter what day of the week or what time it is, personally. <laughs> I've never seen this house in daylight before. That, yes, oh. you have. You oh, were, yeah, you were uh, New Year's the day the, we the beat Man City. Man City. Oh. The Man City one. But you well, were. Well, it's hot and warm. But you and your dad were. Don't remind me, it's hot and warm. You know my views. <laughs> I don't know how pretty Norbury was. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> You've been. I was going to say last time you were here, you and your dad had consumed quite a lot of alcohol, and it sounds like you have as well already. <laughs> pretty Norbury. Right. Uh, so the last game was the West Ham. Mm. <laughs> that is, wasn't it? Yeah. One all draw. Um, We've had a few questions. We've had a lot of questions today, and actually, quite a few of them around the same theme that I was going to ask you about, Kevin. But I'm going to go in with our questions anyway. So, uh, Mitch Mitchell, hi Mitch, and Ray Banks, hi Ray. I've both got a question around referee Craig Forson. Uh And wow. actually, do you know what? I'm going to go to their questions in a bit because they're quite specific. Uh, but I'm going to ask you first directly: Is that the worst refereeing performance you've ever seen at Sellers Park? Arguably, yes. I, it's, it's, I, it was it was brewing at half time. I was I saw Harry at half time, and I wasn't because I thought, I've, I, first half. I know everyone said it's a game of two halves. I thought we were very poor first half. Mm-hmm. I thought we were very ponderous. The second half we played very well, especially when Batshuayi came on. But that refereeing performance was, 
it's 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 arguably just you just gave up halfway through the second half and thought he's had a bet with someone <laughs> as to how much he can. And it's just he just got into a routine of getting things wrong. And it's, I think partly it's due down to the fact you Mark Noble, who's still a really good footballer. Yeah. But Mark Noble basically man marked the ref. He basically spent he was five yards behind. We need somebody who's going to. We, we've talked about this before, but it was, I think it's only the Wan Bissaka yellow card when Luca kind of went up to the ref and went remonstrated with him the rest of the time we just let the refs get away with it we need to be more streetwise about that sort of thing because we, it was just ludicrous we just let him get away with murder and he just got into a rhythm and a routine where he gave every 50 well not even 50 50 every 70 30 just went west ham's way and he's he, he must have heard the derision coming from the <laughs> from the stands but because every time you see a performance like that, you think, well, we, the next one's got to go. We're bound to get the next one. Even when we scored, you could see him desperately looking for reasons to not give the goal. <laughs> you could look, you stared at, you stared at the linesman for about 15 seconds going, put your flag up. There must have been something wrong, surely. Yeah, the, the Wambasaka yeah. tackle for me, Selzy, was, was particularly poor because there's actually a photo floating around Twitter of him right in the middle of that tackle clearly getting the ball yeah. it's an excellent tackle there's an argument that he follows through on the play and I don't know what the rules are these days but even so that felt to me he makes so few fouls that feels to me like that you can't really book him for that but it does it, Kevin's right like it feels like at the moment we had a lot of refereeing performances that we moan about on the pod is that fair and would you say that's the same with, with Saturday or are we are we sort of getting worked up about it well, you said to me after the game on Saturday that you thought he hadn't got too much wrong. Did I? And, yes. <laughs> oh, and, and actually, I've now <laughs> seen I? I've seen it back. You know, I, I watched the the highlights Saturday night on the TV, and then I watched a half hour from Sky that you can download the other day because the BBC's coverage was so brief that I wanted mm, to have a yeah. sort of a, like a proper look at a couple of things. They none of them are still showing the Wambisaka tackle, and I said to you. I thought from my angle, but I was behind him, if you like. I was sitting in director's boxes over on the far side and I was. I thought he might have caught him on the follow-through. MacArthur and Luca, both of those I thought at the time were soft. But having seen them back, I can sort of argue that he was... Well, Luca was lucky not to be sent off, definitely being on the yellow card, I think, in the end. Although Roy... Having heard his comments, sort of said, well, he shouldn't have even been on one in the first, first place. Yeah. But I've got to say, looking at them, I can see why he he gave them. And the one I wasn't sure about that I asked you on Saturday was the challenge for the free kick that led up, led to the goal, the situation that led to the goal, which I've seen it three or four times now, and I'm still not sure whether it's a foul or not. Because Chikorito seems to go down yeah. like a little pea, as his name suggests, <laughs> nice. and uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. To it be wasn't honest. just a big decision. I mean, it was just everything basically. It's like, and it, it, when you get a, when you get twenty four thousand people agreeing with me, which they shouldn't do, <laughs> it was it was poor. But I don't think we can argue. I think we've had eight penalties this season. Mm-hmm. Burnley just had their. Salary. I don't think you can argue that we're hard done by by refs on a consistent basis because we are getting penalties, but. I'd be interested in Harrison because what you said about reputations really because Wilf's clearly refereed on reputation mm-hmm. but anyone who's watched Wan Bissaka this season must know that he's one of the cleanest tacklers yeah. in the Premier League so that should go for a referee said but he was so quick to make the decisions that was part of the problem he wasn't giving himself any thinking time at all there was also that one in the far yeah. corner where Wilf got his shirt tucked yeah there's a couple of times he, again Wilf got that but, but yeah. yeah again I was looking at the highlights looking for the because I haven't seen a replay of the Wan-Bissaka one, but from where I was sat in the other way, 
it looked like to me just on that look it looked like an obvious foul but then everyone around me is kicking off like screaming so I was like well this this many people can't be wrong so I've missed it but you were unexpectedly sober though remember but you just turned up from work so uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you did have some slight advantage well look we've had a few questions about it and but Roy was I mean it's unusual for Roy Hodgson to publicly say well he always does it in had, a very sort of clever way he said that he'd had words with the referee and normally he doesn't he yeah. doesn't do that sort of thing. And you could see him remonstrating with the ref, in particular about the free kick that Selzy just mentioned, which he said clearly wasn't a yeah. free kick. I mean, it was a soft penalty. Probably, you'd probably want it if it was... Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. Issue, I, I thought it was, it was a penalty. Soft. The, the yeah, fact that we're was, still yeah. talking about it Friday the following week and having watched it a few times yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. arguable, was it, wasn't it still, having seen it, I think that probably... I'm sounding almost sympathetic towards referees here. Well, no, I not, think as well, it, it feels but, a little bit like we maybe, with the Wilf thing down at Southampton with An- Andre Mariner, was Mariner, yeah, Mariner. Yeah, it yeah. feels a little bit like maybe we're just getting these kind of performances all at the same time a bit. So maybe I, that's I, what makes I, us feel like this. I think if you listen to 606 and TalkSport, every other, every club outside the top four or five think the referee, they're hard done by better referees. And again, like I say, the amount of penalties we've had, you can't claim that we're not getting our yeah, But Kev, we yeah, will win more penalties than other teams because of the way we play and that skillful player yeah. in Wilfred yeah. that's got such quick feet and goes yeah. at pace at people in the box. He is going to win a lot of penalties. Yeah. You know? and, and defenders keep throwing their hands up in the air as well, giving yeah. the ball away. But, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm, I don't think the referee should cover the fact that we were shocking in the first half well can I give you I, want, I do want to go on to that because yeah. you're right can I give you two more referee questions so Ray Banks says oh. are referees dictating the way a game goes in favour of one team these days and should it be classed as cheating because some of those decisions really have been criminal um, is that a thing that really happens cheating no, no not the no, cheating no, bit no. but the dictating a game in no, I think even subconsciously you have to you know in the same way that sometimes and we've all done it we've all shouted at, yeah how did, how did did you become a player? You know, you're not. A, they're professional footballers. Of course, they're good footballers. You don't make a mistake for 15 years and accidentally bring a kid through from the youth ranks and make yeah. him a professional contract. It's the same with referees. They've they've worked really hard. They've been assessed. They've been studied. They're all good referees. I think it's an indication that we haven't got any referees at major tournaments for the last two major tournaments. There's been no English referees. I think sometimes referees like all professionals get into a routine when they get the first decision wrong and they keep doing it. But it's not they're not doing it deliberately. They're not setting out yeah. to, to... I think there's a different issue with, with Wilf because I think referees will undoubtedly talk to each other about Wilf and their experiences with Wilf. And I've, I know for a fact that the, the match officials will be showing them DVDs of Wilf and, and asking them to interpret things. But sometimes refs just have bad games, as simple as that. And it's, it's, it becomes a useful scapegoat afterwards to mm-hmm. cover up some deficiencies in, in the team but I, I don't think there's any doubt I think Luca probably was really lucky not to get a red card and I think it's partly because Paulson is such an idiot he forgot because he waved play on for about two minutes and then never and I think he'd forgot I think yeah. he'd forgotten that there was something he meant to do and he, didn't, <laughs> he hadn't written it down so but it, I thought the other I didn't think the others were yellow cards I didn't think the wan Saka one I think Wan was genuinely shot I thought West Ham I mean the, what really annoyed was Mikel Antonio, the worst display of diving, shameful. I mean, we expected from Snodgrass. The one where he got the ball in the face. The one where he got the ball in the yeah. face, one down in a flag where he almost literally, I don't know if you've ever played Mousetrap, <laughs> where the character holds his hands together and dives. He literally, <laughs> literally did that. That's literally, and it's like, that's the Brilliant. sort of thing where you want referees to pick up on that because that was, that was really frustrating some of the Palace players in the crowd. Mark Noble, when, I mean, Mark Noble was taunting Palace fans 
when Antonio would you expect was, that? was holding his face. But yeah. again, it comes down to the fact that Martin Noble stepped in and defended his player in a way that we should be should be doing. It's a bit of sort yeah. of housery that yeah. maybe we don't have in our in our team. <laughs> we, well, I think it, we've got too many Christians in our team. I mean, we've got too many nice, decent young men <laughs> who spend too much of their time raising... Other religions are available. Well, yeah, and <laughs> Mabadou Sacco, God loves him, spends most of his weekends when he's not playing football, going around helping homeless, which is wonderful. Yeah. But, you know, a bit of, a bit of devil in the team would be nice, <laughs> wouldn't it? Right. I mean, but what Kevin touched on there, Harry, is right. It was a poor first half from Palace. It's much better second half. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't a good start. And at home, you want to start the game fast, don't you? Uh, yeah, I suppose you do. But well, go, going back to earlier talking about the penalty, I I think the fact that Guaita held his hands up and didn't didn't complain about it shows it wasn't a soft penalty. I think uh, if you watch it back, Van Anholt just just stands there and lets yeah. him. Walk. I think that's that was the issue there rather than the ref. I think he just lets him walk past and that that. Is kind of indicative of him in recent weeks, but yeah. in the second half he yeah. was he was so much better yeah. going forward, and he yeah. created the two chances. I'm sure we'll get onto Macarthur miss later. Oh yes, the chances he created for Macarthur and Batshuayi, he looked like he was back to his old self, and then him linking up with Zaha and Meyer in the second half, we just looked so much better. So it was it was a game of two hours. Really. It's just frustrating on the, on the on the penalty. Chelsea do do goal do the other goalkeepers get together and moan about the goalkeeper who's got the the number one shirt. Will they be, will Hennessy and Jules have been phoning each other up going, see that penalty you gave away? Well, <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. I mean, Are they supportive in, in fairness, I think I said this to Jim after the game on Saturday night that I think, A, that he expected the ball to sort of carry through to him a bit more yeah. than it did. And as Harry's just alluded to there, you'd expect Van Arnholt to block him off a little bit yeah. there also and not allow him that ability I know he is a brick outhouse, Antonio, but if he knocks him over, that's absolutely fine. That's still going to yeah. slow him up and get into the ball. So, and and as far as the keeper goes, you know, it's all split second decisions. You got to come, and if he gets a little nick there first, which is what he did, then often you're going to end up bringing the fella down. And and I I did think it was a penalty, and I, I've I've got to say also. I'm not in agreement with you all over the first half either. I thought the first half was fairly even. I didn't really? I didn't see them as well, we had twenty-five attempts at goal in the game and seventeen in the second half. So we had eight in the first half and West Ham had six in ninety minutes. Well I don't think they had one in the second no, half. Didn't, so no, no. But I, don't get me wrong, I thought they were very good first half. Particularly they managed to find room between Aaron Wambisaka and Martin Uh-oh. Kelly a few times, yeah. and they got behind us more than I've seen most teams yeah. this season. Yeah. I think, yeah, they yeah. gave us a few problems, and we were indebted to uh, Vicente Guaita for a couple of saves. Nothing too difficult, but he made the saves. But I thought at half time it was still fairly even, and the second half was better, but. They made a Pellegrini made a conscious decision to, for the changes to play for the for the one nil and see the game out and we scored almost immediately yeah. after he did that. So again, it comes back to and I, I talk about this quite a lot. We're Crystal Palace people. We want Crystal Palace to do well. We see the world through Crystal Palace eyes. If you like, you play as well as the other team lets you. And and obviously, once they'd they'd also gone with that sort of rear guard action that that meant that they weren't much of an attacking threat and we were able to really dictate mm. the game to them but and I've said this numerous times this season 
I think the manager, head coach, whatever you want to call Roy, you know, he's done brilliantly to, to fashion a team that, A, doesn't give up too many chances and is quite mean, but... Again, 25 chances yeah, against yeah, West Ham, yeah, yeah. 34 against Cardiff, 29 against Burnley. I don't think Crystal Palace in the top flight have ever done anything like this before. And, you know, yeah, those detractors are... Three goals and four chances. Oddly enough, Kev, Liverpool and Man City away, that's but pretty what much what's yeah, happened. Yeah, no, you know, true. we've been incredibly yeah. economical with the chances there and made everything stick. Yeah, yeah. But, but that said, you don't score... Goals like Andros Townsend scored at uh, Manchester City yeah. very often. Jeffrey Slup scored from outside the box as well that day, and the other goals a penalty. So some days it just, you know, if you're going to beat Manchester City on their own patch in the form they've been in, you're going to have to have a certain amount of luck and a few anomalies for that to work, yeah. and that's what happened too, of course. It's interesting you say that because the first half, I thought there's two things. West Ham always seem to do well down their left hand side. Cresswell. Always seems to have a good game against mm. Palace, and they, right from the start, they were, which was interesting because you know while Wambasaka's playing, they really tried to isolate Wambasaka and get Cresswell and Felipe Anderson two on one against him. It worked quite a lot of the time. Anderson drifted a lot, didn't he? Drifted inside, and... real. But, but second, I just thought we were so ponderous. We've been taking, we looked so much better with when Bakshiri came on, and I just think. I just think with a small mobile strike force, we just look more likely to score goals than we do when Benteke's leading it. Do you not think he played all right when he was on Benteke? I thought he, he was played, okay. He played all right, but you just everything stops. Batshuri keeps the ball moving. He's, he's so much more mobile, and it's just like the three, the Townsend, Zahar, and Batshuri together just seems far more potent a threat than it does when Benteke is the one leading the line. I'll be, I'll be really interested to see whether Roy wants to play four four two with Benteke and Batshuri further down the line well, I've got a question actually about that from part two I'll chuck it in now for you from King Davik who says can Benteke Batshuayi Zaha and Andros ever start together what do we think uh, I mentioned it last week I think particularly against better teams those four are just I think they're just too attacking mm. and Zaha Zaha on the left in a four I know he did very well tracking back on, on Saturday but you can't expect him to constantly be coming back helping out Van Arnold because it just Lessens his attacking threat, yeah. stifles him as a player. But I think it'd be interesting to see who plays on Sunday at Doncaster because yeah. those those four against a, a lesser team like that could cause some real damage. I don't think it's realistic long term. I think it'll be a probably a backup. Yeah. You, team. See, you know what's interesting about Wan Bissaka on Saturday as well, Sills, is that, and again he had a very good game, but it's just that frustration where he does for a, for a kid who was a winger, he does every time he gets to the eighteen yard line, he stops and looks for Townsend. So do you think he's been told to do that by Hodgson? No, or just... I, it's probably he needs to cut loose a little bit because yeah. he's got a trick which is unusual for a fullback because he was a wide player. Interesting conversation, all of this about, you know, Benteke for me is a striker that needs a partner. I don't think right. he plays yeah. that fun on his own. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think he can go behind teams and stretch them. So really, Benteke's threat is almost, if you're going back, 30 years, he's sort of a Mark Bright type striker, back to goal, hold yeah. it up, win the headers. But he had Ian Wright next yeah, to him, who yeah, would cool. do the other side of it, which which made Mark Bright look more effective. When Chris Coleman was paired with him, they didn't look quite the same. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe that actually I'd happened. But it, it did. It did at some point. <laughs> well, I totally forgot on it. <laughs> um, but I, I would like to see... I would like to see us play four, two, three, one with maybe Batch, Wilf, uh, Townsend with 
Benteke or Wickham or even Sacco at centre forward. But I don't know whether that's a little bit too brave and we might yeah. get overrun the other way and then yeah. we'll be sitting there going, well, we could score, but we couldn't defend. And mm. and I think, to be honest, I think the same problem, and I'm sure you've got 8 million questions from all the social media I've read about Max Meyer this week and how he has to play and where yeah, he's going to play. Yeah. But I, I would be very surprised if Roy Hodgson would play Max Meyer and Wilfred Zaha in the same team really? because I well only just based on on what I know about him that 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 although it was great to see in the second half and how clever he is and so on defensively you yeah. are taking a hell of a punt yeah. you know so well even if you've got Chiarty and yeah Luke, well that, Luca, that's that... that's my argument that maybe that would give you that sort of stiffness that yeah. you need but it's still you know, I don't know whether he would he would see playing two players, Wilf and Maxmo, who probably can't completely rely on defensively, yeah. would be one step too far. Maybe one Maverick is yeah. is enough, you know. But it, I'm sure, certainly against the teams at the lower end of the table, we might be able to have a go with the two up front yeah. and and do that but is Wickham injured Harry because he seems to be way down the pecking order uh, suddenly I don't he? know if he's in, someone said he was injured before the he is injured he's got yeah. a calf strain or right. something I think because he does seem to have slipped down the pecking order a little no, bit no no well, he's, he's been injured is that for the last really? three oh, games okay. two games or three games so the Fulham game sorry I think he got injured the day before right. or a couple of days before so okay, well, well I think yeah. it seems to be a constant can't buy situation with him it's a shame because he looked good against Spurs guys we can't talk about well, we can't finish talking about the um, West Ham game without mentioning Macca's miss in the second half. Oh. We've had a few questions about it. Nathan Jones Hi, Nathan. and Kevin Childs Hi, Kevin. basically both said the same question, which is, is that the worst miss you've ever witnessed at Selhurst? And Richie Peter Tennant has Hi, chimed Richie. in with a suggestion, which is Billy Gilbert open goal in front of the Homesdale and he passed it, apparently. Before my times, so I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember. I, I can remember, remember Billy Gilbert scoring against Bolton yeah, from about yeah. 35 yards out one go. I think we beat them 3 1. That was around early 80s, I think, and he smashed, and that was one of the best goals ever seen. Yeah, oh. and he, they were rare. Yeah. I don't his think goals, it was, I mean, to be it, fair. It wasn't an open goal. The keeper was still there, but it was. I, I, it was about 30 <laughs> seconds later before Roy was sitting next to me he missed it I was, so I was, <laughs> was talking away time from just went slow <laughs> didn't it but he did so brilliantly he did so yeah. well to sit the keeper down and then yeah. he even looked at the two players Van Arnold had got forward and Ben Tegas yeah. and then just ironically if he had scored it would be a goal of the month contender because well, it was PVA that slipped him in as well yeah, which is a really nice part and he was onside as well he was onside but also I've, it, it affected his confidence for the rest of the, the game until he was taken off I think that but it just it just shows the way our luck's going in front of the goal. But I mean, mm. I suppose you could argue that he didn't have enough confidence in Benteke to, to even square it to yeah, him. Van But it was a defend. But to be fair to Macca, there was a defender between the two Palace players. They weren't just there on their own. It was so he would have seen in his peripheral vision yeah. the defender first. But still, percentages wise, he should have scored. I think he, he just had, scored. He had yeah. so long to think about it. That's what it was. Yeah. And I, think. I watched the highlights again yesterday. And you know he had that shot in the first half where Zaha played him through, yeah. yeah. And he had a yeah, left yeah, yeah, shot. Yeah. It was pretty much the same position. Yeah. And I think he he got through in the second half and thought, if I shoot now, he's going to save it. So I'm going to wait, wait a couple of minutes, and then and then he went down. He's like, and then Fabianski goes down. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I can chip him here, and he just he just overthought it so much. Yeah, he, probably, he went with he his wrong foot though, didn't he? 
He went no, with his right foot. He went with his right yeah. foot. He, just, okay. he didn't even see Van Aanholt and Benteke. He was like, yeah. I'm going to score here. I just, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. There's what, that horrible what still from behind the goal where someone's paused it just as he's shooting. Oh, and, really? and they're just like so <laughs> wide open. It's did, you see, did you see Zaha's reaction? He just yeah. kind of wow. spun around in anger. And... Can you think of any worse misses, Selzy? No, I mean, I've, I've got to say for, for uh, James McArthur, he's normally quite... You know, I'd, I'd describe him as sure-footed, really, in goal-scoring positions. He's quite a reliable yeah. finisher. But somebody said to me the other day, and I haven't done the maths, but he said, I think over the Watford games uh, and Mamadou Sacco's free headers that he's missed, empty nets, I think Southampton, Newcastle, Newcastle over the yeah. He said, if those chances have been taken, we have an extra 13 points or yeah. something this season, which wow. is well, interesting because a... I think our expected goals when I checked on Monday or Tuesday would have us eighth in the table, which I think is yeah. probably more Thank God around Steve's what we've done. Yeah. <laughs> there, is a bit of, there has been a worse miss this season. Now, you mentioned Watford, and that was Tomkins' header at the at Vicarage Road. Last almost no, Wardy, the last. Wardy, yeah. Wardy, so Wardy's yeah, that was, was last miss. almost Sacco, the last. Sacco's at home to Newcastle yeah. Yeah. was yeah. an empty yeah. one yeah. a few weeks ago where Zaha went through his legs against yeah. Watford. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that that's, that's what I'm saying. There's been a few. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh... But MacArthur, to his credit, though, is the one midfield player who does get into the box yeah. on a regular basis. So you 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 have to give. Yeah, you have to give praise with that, Stu. And he's not the only one who's missing chances. I mean, Batshuri's miss just after he came on was a. He really snatched at oh, that yeah, one. Yeah, from PVA's cross. From PVA's yeah, cross, the target so. there. So, well, interesting as well what Harry said. PVA, I, and it's hard to understand what happens to a player. But second half, he was back because we. It's been a recurring theme on the pod for the last six or seven yeah. weeks that he's not. He's just not played well. But a second half. When he's got more freedom to move forward, he looks a much happier player than when he has to defend. It's almost like he doesn't want to defend. It's, 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 to it's not great for a defender. It's strange, whereas wan looks like he really enjoys defending. Yeah, absolutely. But doesn't particularly like the going forward bit as much. Well, speaking of going yeah. forward, nice. I think we should move on to part two. Nice. <laughs> uh, Perfection. Where we got que- <laughs> we got questions from our listeners. So join us in a bit. Hello, welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Hooray! Pod 280, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to Vector, Cody K, it's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, it was worth the wait, wasn't it? Was it was jovial, wasn't it? It was <laughs> worth the wait. That was excellent. That was a lovely young, young, fresh blood doing it. There, <laughs> anyway. He's uh, somebody who knows what global consultancy means as well. Right, questions from our listeners. Um... We've got a couple of questions here about a player that I agree deserves a bit of praise. So, Steve Zaha Ellis. Hi, Steve. I think it's a real name. And Goodbye Loves Hugs. Ah, oh, it's been a while since Goodbye Loves Hugs. Have both sent us... It has, actually. Yeah. Both sent us questions about Martin Kelly. And Goodbye... I want to call him CLH. Says, um, is Martin Kelly one of the most underrated slash underappreciated players in the league? I think he might be. Harry? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you wanted to jump in, Harry? Um... Yeah, I, I was never a fan of him back in the day, but I guess it was kind of ruined by the fact that Pardew insisted on playing at left back. Yeah. And the sort of last year or two, he's really, every time he stepped up, he's really proved himself. Yeah. I was kind of expecting Dan to start when it came out that Tonkins was injured. Same here. And I thought, Kelly, he played well on Saturday. I thought he kind of grew into the game. Cause there, were, there were a few chances in the first half where there were crosses in from West Ham and it looked like he kind of ducked out the header and luckily there were other people there to clear it up, but... He was so good in the second half. That that one tackle one was it on Antonio yeah. in the box. Yeah. 
And yeah, he just looked really good. And I think he looks a lot better when he's alongside an experienced defender like Tompkins or Sacco. Mm. And but I think he's he's good backup when when Tompkins is injured or when Sacco's injured. And under I'm not sure about most underrated player in the league. But <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a stretch. <laughs> But he's... I, I, think, I really like him. Yeah, I, like I don't him. think he's unappreciated. I, I mean, Selzy, if you're advising him, you've got a player like that who knows that he's not... He's, he's third choice centre-back at, at best. Does he? Does a player like that get frustrated and think I could be another Premier League team or a championship team? Or is he happy? Because he's a, he's, a, he's a competent... He's a, he's a bit of a throwback in terms of... He's not a footballing centre-back, is he? I mean, he's, he tackles and he heads the ball well. I think you kind of need a Scott Dan with him or a Tompkins with him who's more of a footballer but I'm always happy when he's I'm not unhappy when he's playing but I'd rather he wasn't as well at the same time I I think it's quite difficult because he has to to know that the other two are playing regularly in front of him and have you know formed an exceptional partnership really Tompkins and and uh, Sacco Tompkins Injury Saturday surprised me because, like Harry I, and you, I, I would have thought Scott Dan would Which, step into yeah. the breach. But from what I'm, I know Scott Dan is still working through a sort of slightly um, irregular training program in right. terms of his injury. They're, 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 it's still managed rather than full on oh, every okay. day. From right, what right, I, right. from what I gather, I don't know that's a hundred percent correct, but I think that might be the case. But Martin Kelly has done. Very well and grown on me. Like, like Harry, a year or two ago, I would have probably said, not really good enough, done okay at a stretch. But I think when he got into the team midway through last season, when we had the injury crisis, he really grew yeah. as a player, and I think has done very, very, very well whenever he's been called upon this season. In answer to your question, long term, I think there's a lifespan that a player will sit. Uh, and not play, you know. Scott Dan also will fall into that yeah, yeah. that bracket, and I'd I'd like to keep both of them because I think all four of them give us a tremendous depth with uh, with our central defenders. I think Mamadou Sacco is probably the best central defender I think I've ever seen play for Crystal Palace in oh, forty really? odd years. Yeah, I do. Better than Billy Gilbert. Better yeah, than... yeah. I think. We were talking off air before about nostalgia and yeah. all that. You, I, I don't think we've ever had a central defender so good on the ball that 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 he takes risks, of course, which he shouldn't. But I think you have to accept sometimes that that goes with the territory with the type of player that you have. He's not a head it and kick it merchant. Yeah. You know, his actual biggest weakness, Mamadou Sacco, is that he doesn't head it and kick it enough. You know, sometimes yeah. that's what yeah, he should yeah, do. Yeah, 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 but yeah. he'll always try and bring the ball down and play his way out of a tight situation. But I think, you know, the four of them now, or, you know, you're happy with any combination, I, I would say. You know, Scott Dan, I think that could be a problem come the summer, keeping hold of him. I think he's 31. If he's not going to play every week, he's going to reach a point and say, not played for two seasons regularly, I need to play and stuff. And from the club's perspective, 31, he's one of the bigger earners in the squad. Yeah, right. You know, I think 
I, I hope not, but I think that might be. I think there'll be interest for him for sure. You know, I think he's a very, very competent central defender in the Premier League. Well, can I put uh, Steve Ellis's question to you, Kevin? Which was, why do you think Kelly was selected over Dan? Oh, are we assuming it's because of the injury? I, I would have thought that, that's I'd, my I'd, sorry, Kev. That that's the point I just made a minute yeah. ago. I, I don't. Yeah, from what I gather, I think there's still there's still a program for him that isn't mean that it doesn't mean rather that he's doing the full bit every single day so that I think may have had some influence sorry I think also well something. I think also it might be that he thought that West Ham were a very big very physical team and at some stage they'd probably end up with Carroll and Arnautovic on and he wanted Kelly's yeah. strength and height rather than Scott Dan who hasn't played that much it's, it's, I, I think in Hodgson's mind Kelly and Dan are probably on a, on, on, a, on, a, on a par I mean Dan's a better footballing centre back. I just you talk about nostalgia. I just think after forty five minutes, Jim Cannon would knock Mamadou Sako out. Or just like anybody <laughs> trying to a, a central defensive partnership who's trying to nutmeg people. And yeah. well, I think it's Hopkins looking to Cole. I know he pointed out that our second goal against Fulham started off with a, a double slide tackle it from did. Mamadou. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he came in for he won one slide tackle, got up, lost it, slide tackled it, went again, <laughs> played the ball, that ended up with about thirteen more passes. But he is. He's entertaining though as well for a neutral because you do. Mm. Everyone looks. Everyone waits for his first mistake. Everyone's waiting to go. There he is. Oh, no, he's made another one. But he's, he's, he and he recovers. Seems to recover a lot, doesn't he? Well, you know what I'd said about it goes with the territory. If you think back to the Chelsea game last season when we hadn't won for seven games, Wilfred's goal yes. came because he had a marauding run, run down yeah, the left hand yeah, side right. and slid him in to yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen any Crystal Palace central defender do that uh, very often. Well, I don't think Martin Kelly's going to be doing that. <laughs> but, but, but that's what I'm saying to you. There's the positive side yeah, of the coin yeah, yeah. That, that goes with that, of course. You know, I I just think he's absolutely exceptional. When I saw him at Liverpool, I thought he was a bit Bambi on ice, if yeah. I'm honest. You know, he, he always looked sort of ungainly and slightly uncomfortable, but he always seemed to get it there and uh, uh, the more I watched him I, I, I've, I think he's but it's, fantastic. It's strange that Liverpool thing Harry because we've spoken about this his, his reputation his attitude at Liverpool was supposed to be shocking and really aggravated Klopp and yet at Palace there's been nothing but good good stories about how, yeah. how well he trains what his attitude's like. And I've, I've said it on here before but I think the reason because as we said he's so kind of erratic and mental sometimes and makes those mm. mistakes that's probably why he's at a club like Palace because right, Liverpool right, might right. not have wanted him yeah. because yeah. of the mistakes and bigger clubs might not have wanted him because of that so maybe we're lucky that he does do that because that kind of makes him not quite good enough yes. for them and yeah, yeah. he's or at a club of our level I think he I think he fell out with Klopp he did because yeah. he turned up late from memory to one of his meetings and then I think he did some sort of interview and he was behind him sort of joking or making faces or so. I might be wrong, but it was no, in, that, right. in, the, yeah. in those realms, if you like. It was in the early days. And he, he got the needle with him because I have to say he is much better than Matip or the other oh, players yeah, that yeah. they've had. Yeah, For them to get rid of him, he's better than, than what they've got. And interestingly, Klopp seems to have a downer on Nathaniel Klein as well. Because I can't believe when you're going for the title, you're going to loan Nathaniel Klein to Bournemouth and end up playing with James Milner or Henderson at right back. back. I mean, if they blow the title, I think that could be the thing that may well have made the difference and tipped the scales. Because I I find that very odd that, that you would want to do that. 
you're in that great position and you've got two. I mean, Alexander-Arnold, obviously, is a very good right back. I know this isn't a Liverpool podcast, by the <laughs> no, way. So apologies boys. for yeah. digressing. I'll try and get some Swedish and Norwegian translation <laughs> for further on for listeners. But the um but no, I just I just thought it was very odd. And so obviously with Sacco going back to where we were, he seems to be one of these guys that, you know, once you go on the wrong side of him, then you're on the wrong you're side outside, of him. Yeah. You know, and regardless of whether it's to his cost or not, which I would argue from a distance without knowing all the all the detail is not the cleverest way to manage a football club. Yeah. In, in summary, Martin Kelly's great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's where we got to the anyway. question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, we've got a question from Selhurst Smoz. Selhurst Smoz. Says, um, Schlup, seven letters, only one vowel. Have we ever had a player with such a low ratio of vowels <laughs> to come to? What a great question. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> I don't, we've never had that question before. Um, I, don't, I, I can think of one that had loads of vowels in. Aki Realati. Yeah. But I can't think of one that didn't have many vowels. That's great. Yeah, it's a really good question. <laughs> Which maybe open it up to our listeners if anyone could suggest yeah, any. Yeah. Or we, send could, them we in. could save them Googling it and Googling it ourselves. <laughs> we <laughs> could do, yeah. Look, I'll just go and get Ian King's book. Hang on, start flicking <laughs> yeah. through it. It's a great question. It's a great question. He's a, again, Schlapp, I'm sure it's a, I would still rather start with Mayo than Schlapp. I mean, if I you really talk, like Schlapp. So do I, but if you talk about defensive ability, Schlapp's defensive ability is as negligible as Mayer's, to be perfectly he's honest. To be a left wing back. He's supposed to be a left back, well, almost. Playing almost. Sort of left I'd, side midfield. I'd, I'd, I'd like Schlapp as well, but I'd, I would... I think yeah. Schlapp arguably had his best game for Palace on Saturday. Yeah. He, he played well. He was everywhere, yeah. I thought he was really good. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was. I do agree, I'd rather have uh, Mayer, but I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I almost feel like taking Roy's advice on this one. He clearly loves Schlapp, and there must be a reason for that. Yeah, like let us down, but I just think we just look when May and, and Wilf links up on the left with PVA, and I think when you add Batshuri to that combination, well, I just think we just look more like breaking defences down. And well, I mean, we have a question about Meyer actually, and it actually Only ties one. in. Actually, well, two. It ties <laughs> into what you're saying. It's from Lockie Gawley Price. Hi, Lockie. Lockie, is that you say? And he says How's it's it spelled L O C H I E. Lucky. Yeah, yeah. It says, um, is Maya good enough to start or is he purely seen as a sub now by the pod slash Roy? And actually your point about him linking up with Wilf, that was brilliant, but it was as an mm. impact sub. So it is, maybe is that his role maybe. over a starter? I just think at home, and again, I, I know Selzy disagrees. I, yeah, I do, I do think we're flat. I just think at home, starting with Maya would give us the impetus that we very rarely have in the first... 10, 15 minutes. You very rarely see, I know it's not Roy's style of football, but you rarely see us tear into teams from the start at home. We rarely start on the front foot and we, we tend to finish games very strongly. I just think we've, and I do think you'd, it would have to be with Luca and Kiati, mm. but I just think it would send a message out to the opposition that we're going to attack them from the start and just try and win the games. For, for me, he's a top quality player and, and but it's clear that Roy... And yeah, we have to say, to be fair, experience tells us Roy manages players better than we would do, uh, and it takes his time doing it. But and, and I, I understand that Schlupp's played really well, but for me, Schlupp's still a square peg in a round hole. To be perfectly honest, and I, I just think I would rather that would be my, hmm. my that would be my midfield three with Batshuri, Townsend, and Wilf. And there's, there's goals in that yeah. front six. But as Selzy says, the trouble is there's probably. Goals the other end as well. well and the problem <laughs> yeah. is as well that like, when you've got him off the bench, brilliant. But then if you're starting him and it doesn't go well, you, you're almost losing a bit of an impact sub or, or or a different option off the bench. 
my problem's mm. always the same with Max Meyer. On the plus side, I can appreciate his talent. He's a clever player. He's got a great touch. He can see a pass. There's no doubt he's got real quality. And if I'm being positive about him, I'm extolling his virtues in such a way. But if I'm being negative about him, you could call him a bit of a five-a-side player because he doesn't really have a position, a natural position on the pitch where you can say, well, his position, he's he's a central midfield player, but he's not physically going to do enough. And he, for me, is falling into the trap of... uh, Barry Bannon, Johnny Williams, you know, all those kind of players who are all very nice footballers, but it's a struggle to know where to play them. And the number 10 thing, which a lot of the fans are are very much behind, and I can understand that, but the number 10 position shouldn't really be just a midfield player who can't no, tackle. Uh, uh, yeah. It's someone we need to contribute a decent amount of goals, especially when we've struggled for goals, you know, versus the chances created. So, but it looks to me so. I mean, to me, he instinctively looks like he wants to play where Wilf is. I mean, he seems to want to drift that. But if he's not a number 10, if he's not a central midfield player, what are we buying? It does, well, make, that, it does make you wonder why we spent the, six months trying to get hold of the kid when it's quite clear that we don't know what his best position is. So we and obviously Parish hailed it as one of the biggest transfer coups we'd ever pulled off, and yet we don't seem to know mm. what he's there for. Or what's I, his best I, position? I would guess that I don't know what you think, Harry, but I I think he was probably seen as a successor for Johan Kabai. Right. But I don't think he's as combative as uh, I'd, I'd agree. They must, they, so we apparently watched which him for six months. So yeah, so it kind of begs the, the question of how much Hodgson was kind of involved, involved in yeah, that, yeah, yeah, whether yeah. it was kind of it was bought for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good point. I know he looked very good when he came on Saturday, but maybe that's where he's better coming as a sub because he kind of kind of had a free role. Just he was behind Batshuayi, kind of doing what he wanted really. But I know he's a very different player to Loftus Cheek. But those little triangles he had down the left hand side with. Uh, Zaha and Van Arnold it was kind of reminiscent yeah. of yeah. the football we were playing at the end of last season there's yeah. no doubt the kid's a very good player that's not in question but it's just trying to fit him somewhere in and people have to appreciate the Premier League is very very physical yeah. and yeah. there are very few clubs that have these little clever footballers Manchester City can but they've got the ball for most of the game yeah. so it's it's slightly different again you know I'd I I can understand why people like him because he's good to watch, you know, and 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 his creative talents. But I think you've got to balance that 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 may be a little bit um, romantic versus the sort of reality. And you know, if you think about, I'm talking about Manchester City there, you know, and you're talking about like the David Silvers and people like that. They've also had people playing number 10 like Yaya Toro, absolute monster. People bounce off them and they score 20 goals a season, you know, which is... I'm not ruling Max Meyer out, but I'm not ruling him in either at the moment, I I have to say. I think what you say about the physical side of the Premier League is really... Because I've got... My guess is that Hodgson wanted to get a season into him before he started him as a... Yeah. as a regular that he wanted to build him up a little bit that he wanted to get him used to the pace of the because even you know the, the Bundesliga is relatively physical compared to the Italian and Spanish football but it's still nowhere near yeah. the level of pace it's, it's nowhere near 90 minutes no. full on that we that we no, play nothing here nothing like it, it. You know. and, and I, I, what I would say positively about Max Meyer is that Roy has been quite keen to use him in more recent games that's true um, 
he bought him on at Southampton, I think, didn't he? And he, yeah. he, he bought him on Saturday. And I said to Jim previously on the on the aftermatch podcast that Pretty I'd pod. see him <laughs> as a a player that we might use when we're a goal behind mm. and you take off one of your defensive midfield players yeah, with 20 really. minutes to go and say, go on then, see if you can go and unlock the door and open them up. So, but you, you're obviously gambling a little bit or risking a little bit defensively by doing so. But puts a lot of pressure on him, doesn't it? When you're just saying, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what Moyes said to Zaha when he went, was at United? Yeah. Right? Just go on and win the game when we're 1-0 down. Well, it's, I mean, mm. Wilfield is such a talent that a lot of managers would think, okay, if I can keep a very solid team together here. Funnily enough, one of my close mates, uh, Chris Powell, who's a manager of South End, whenever he'd come to Palace and watch games with me, he'd just laugh and go, if I'm managing that team, I'd make sure they're really hard to beat and just tell them to give the ball a will. That was his take on it. And so, and I can, I can see that, but I think what's really nice is that the four of us are sitting around the table here talking about suddenly lots of depth and options yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to put get and squeeze these people into Roy's team that perhaps, you know, now when he turns around and looks, you know, when Dave from Croydon singing Hudson, Hudson, make us up, up, you know, yeah, yeah. the inexperienced manager that he is that managed England, <laughs> Liverpool, Inter Milan, Fulham to the Europa League England, final, West yeah, Brom's yeah, ever yeah. Premier League finish. But actually, when he looks around, he sees Batshuayi and Sacco and so on. Now he's actually got good reason to make yeah, a sub. Yeah, Bringing on a defensive midfield player when we're a goal down <laughs> probably doesn't quite uh. give him the same feeling, you know. Um, right, let's round off the questions uh, with this from Idaho Green. Hi, Idaho. Who says? I don't know if you guys saw this video, but it says, "In the spirit of the video of Mamasako's eight different handshakes." There's a video going around. He's got a different oh, handshake for each Palace player in the squad. <laughs> They're all very long and very different. Idaho says, I'm hoping the pod can generate secret handshakes with each other or at least JD having a secret handshake for every member of the pod. But the trouble with that is that JD would forget his exactly. almost yeah. immediately. And it's know, not very good for radio. No. <laughs> I do know uh, Deli Ali inadvertently revealed they spend half an hour at the end of training working on handshakes really yeah him and Son <laughs> which is like because uh, Tottenham fans are few it's like you know you're meant to be working on free kicks <laughs> penalties not handshakes not handshake. but actually I, Game's I, gone. they make me laugh I, they just it, it's I, I, I like the idea he's got a different handshake for every Palace player it's very <laughs> funny it must be absolutely yeah. something else mustn't it not the keeper I bet he was good at Simon back in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> Right. Do you know that is? No, I love it. It used to be this game where yeah. it was all different colours when you were a kid. It was like electronic and uh, all the different colours used to flash and each time it went one more flash. So it would go four, five, six. Oh, You'd okay, have to yeah, remember yeah. the sequence. Which became impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And for him to be able to do that in such a way with eight different handshakes, yeah. he basically, must be a we, master, must not we? We played that waiting for Nintendo to pull their finger out and <laughs> <laughs> invent game sets, basically. Kinder, gentler times and more dull. It's what they used to do in olden times before yeah. you were born, Jim, you know? Yeah. Keepers used to test their reflexes with it as well, didn't yeah. they? On a, used to have like big size ones. Really? That was yeah, that, yeah. Was that and John Burridge's missus throwing oranges at him across the lounge. Yeah. And that. Yeah. Simpler time. Yeah. Simpler yeah. time. John Burridge used to walk on a crossbar, remember? That's, yeah, how, that's how exciting things were. Well, I have phone calls from him from time to still, time now. Does he still what get a, a bed in his... What a character. Uh, does he still sleep in his goalkeeping kit? He uh, he still trains like a goalkeeper every day, and he's sixty three. I That's think brilliant. he is. Wow! Like, he and his body to... is unbelievable, but he's so funny. 
So uh, we we uh, a couple the year we got to the cup final. What was that? Two thousand sixteen. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we played Reading, didn't we, in the sixth round at yeah, yeah. uh, the Medeski. Well, I was there for the fifth round game on the Saturday because I think we played Tottenham on the Sunday. We did. And I dealt with Ali Al-Habsi. Well, I do deal with Ali Al-Habsi. Now, Budgie discovered Ali Al-Habsi. And so uh, Ali said, oh, I've put you next to Budgie for the game. <laughs> so instead of watching... Uh, Reading West Brom we talked about the various incidents in the 1978-79 promotion season <laughs> as I was a sort of nine-year-old <laughs> child and he told me that he still wanted to work and all that and when I asked him did he still need to work he then proceeded by giving me war and peace for 10 minutes about his properties and his finances <laughs> and so which was quite embarrassing for me. Actually. He used to go to bed in his goalkeeping kit yeah. when he played for Palace because in case he dreamed about playing a goal and he needed to be ready. This <laughs> <laughs> like Harry as a nine yeah. or ten year old was yeah. my absolute yeah. idol as yeah. a little kid. Like, he used to do, in the warm up he used to do handstands and he used to walk on the crossbar and <laughs> we used to think that was very exciting. But those were days when we were playing things with coloured <laughs> yeah. coloured lights he, he's a, he is a really funny fella an good absolute keeper, character he's good just, to, just to he's as mad as a box of frogs you know he doesn't think too much about phoning you four times at 6am on a Sunday morning and things like that he thinks like, leaving you messages wondering why you haven't rung him back yet we should get him on the pod he's brilliant yeah. we'll get him here next time yeah, yeah, well, we'll get him on the pod for you yeah. there you go right okay thank you very much for your questions in part three we're going to preview Palace's FA Cup game at Doncaster Rovers so join us in a bit Welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod 280, sponsored by Vector Printing. For your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. And JCIS, Global Research and Brand Consultancy <laughs> from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh. oh. I never get to do it. Spread oh, the love. The two of them. The two of them were silently mouthing at each other about who was going to do it. Whisper to sales, it's all right if I do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We can do it together if you want. I will. There we go. It's not like you, is it? <laughs> I never get to do it. What? I think your fault. It's nobody else's fault. It? It? it is my fault. Um, question, Donny, on Saturday, Sunday, yeah. FA Cup, fifth round. Yeah, right. I will. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, not meant to say that. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Um, no, really, Kevin. I mean, it's we well, it should be in. I know, touch wood, and obviously anything can happen. We should really be in the quarterfinals. Really, it's a very, it's a, it's a very tasty draw for Palace. Yeah, I wish it wasn't on telly. That makes it slightly more worrying. But, uh, <laughs> be interesting. I'm, I'm guessing he'll do what he's done because his teams have been slightly odd in the cup so far. Fair, not not makeshift defence, but sort of three out of four reserve players, but fairly first team front line. He started with Wilf and Townsend, so you'd, we should have it. Whoever starts the game, we should have enough in us to to beat. Doncaster away you'd, you'd, you'd like to think yeah. you'd like to think I suspect it might be a game where Mayer does start where I'd be interested to see whether he risks Batshuayi but I, did say, I mean with so many top Premier League teams out of the FA Cup it suddenly gets quite interesting what a chance yeah. Yeah. What a chance. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Andy OCPFC Hi, Andy. Hi. says there seems to be a massive air of optimism going into this game on Sunday, much like our run in 2016. Why am I getting ridiculously nervous yet excited for the game? Is this normal? Who's your Palace fan? That's why, <laughs> basically. I don't mind optimism. We've, it's, it confuses me sometimes but when we don't necessarily deserve it. But the street is mindless optimism. Sometimes it's just miss it. But I think at the moment, 
I'm optimistic about the league and the cup. We're playing. The only thing that's missing is the actual finish from the from the the creative football. We're defending solidly. We we look fairly solid in midfield. We are creating the chances. We, I I think we're a halfway decent side at the moment, and you would be hoping that we'd go up to Doncaster, not with any air of complacency, or, but and but, but expecting to win. Are you feeling that air of excitement, Chelsea, yeah, around this game? Yeah, I, I do think we've got a great chance, but I think this is a more difficult game than perhaps people are Maybe, yeah. considering. Yeah. There's going to be a full house there. You know how difficult that can be with the with the fans making a lot of noise. I think they've won their last eight games at home in a row or something. Mm. They've been... Uh, they play quite expansive football, I think, under... Uh, it's, it's McCann, the manager, isn't mm. he? Grant McCann, I think, is the manager. And I think we shouldn't take anything for granted because, you know, in this game, the minute that you do, it ends up biting you on the backside. Mm. So, and answering your question, Kev, about the squad stuff, I think Roy's view was before when he made quite a few changes. Well, I've got a 20... So we've got 24-man squad now, haven't we? Um, but he said, I've got these players. If, you know, they, they need to, to, to have time on the field. You know, these aren't poor, you know, it's not a reserve uh, team. He would probably argue it's just a rotation. And, you know, even if you're talking about just a back four, you know, Wardy, uh, Scott, Dan, Martin, Kelly, it'd probably be Patrick Van Arnholt, I would imagine, Um Played well against Tottenham. Yeah, it's not what I'm saying. It's not a weak. It's not a weak team, is it? Who's going to start in goal? Do you know yet? I don't know. My guess would be Wayne, but uh, I don't know. I think Kuyate might be back in training, so I think there's a chance that you know we might see him again. He'll probably give him a game. I'm guessing if he's available, having missed a few. But I think we'll put a strong team out. Bakary Sacco's cup tied, I think, isn't he? he? Didn't he score against Wigan for West Brom in the third round, I think? Um, But Batshuayi, I think, you know, will be available. And so he, you know, he probably might have his chance. And we don't know. Is there anything on Wilf yet, uh, Jim, in terms of... I think he's missing it. The suspension? I think he's suspended for it. But I I also don't know. So I'd have completely just I'll go for I don't know. I would yeah. imagine yeah. later this today. Ask the the yeah. Did, did yeah. Hodgson not say anything in his press conference? I did not watch it. I'd forgotten all about <laughs> that. Was, was it on the 1.30 or 2 or something, was it? I thought it was unusually clever of Palace to appeal the suspension so he'd miss Doncaster rather than West Ham. Yeah. It's not the sort of loophole that we normally explore. I do Actually, talking the way Doncaster play football, I hope they do try and play their normal expansive football because mm. I think we can score goals against that better than we can against yeah. a team who tries to defend. I was going to say, that might play into our hands because yeah. the Grimsby game, because they're coming away from home, they got the guy sent off after two minutes. Yeah. They had no choice really but to sit back. And we had a lot of the ball, but we really struggled to, to, make to break impact, down yeah. and we managed to get a goal in the end. But Doncaster will probably fancy their chances at home. So they'll come at us and it'll play into our hands. And I, I was talking to Meyer earlier. I was talking to my dad on the way back to the pub after the game the other day. I'm just saying... This is the kind of game where if he wants to start, he should be controlling this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if I don't know if he'll st- you assume he'll start, but I assume he'll start even if even if Wilf's, even if Wilf's available, I think he'll start Mayer. Hmm. I think he'll start with a fairly attacking lineup as well. I think he will as well. Roy pays a lot of respect to these kind of games and these kind of teams, so I think hmm. he will put out a fairly strong team and, and go for it. Wilf or no Wilf, hmm. um, Harry, let me put you a question from a follower who calls himself 
Man feelings. Hi, oh. man feelings. <laughs> so, probably vet these questions. Um, it says, um, win the FA Cup and relegation or lose to Donny, Premier League survival? Oh, this question comes up every year, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, pro- I, reckon, I reckon win the FA Cup and go down. No. No. No, no, no. I think that's what I'd go for as no, well. No. No, 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 no. I think that's what no, I'd go absolutely for. Absolutely not. Really? I, I probably would. I know Neil, Neil the Fish should be mentioned quite a lot on this pod. He absolutely and positively, his answer is straightforward. You'll always have the FA Cup. You'll always have it. So whatever happens in the season, personally, I would rather stay up. I'd rather, I don't see why we can't do both. But I, I, I think there is something in that. You'll always have the FA Cup to look at, even when you're back in the <laughs> League Two. Yeah, but we don't but, want to be back no, in we League don't. Two. No, we, we want we to see don't. the best players play every yeah, week. It's not, it's not, not just for one game at Wembley. It's not, it's not overall. I mean, it, it's a shame that so many clubs seem to think that they have to make that yeah, decision. I don't, I don't but see I don't, that at all. Same here, I, I don't see it impacts you on your league season. You've got a week before the next yeah. game or whatever. You know, what's the problem? You know, there's no reason why you should be sort of treating it as a, oh, it doesn't matter, it's a free game or whatever. I think, let's be honest, there's probably only six clubs that are likely to have a chance of winning the Premier League before a ball's kicked. So the other 14 to win the FA Cup and finish in the top 10 or top eight this season for us would be absolutely fantastic. You know, and I don't, I don't think it is a choice, but if you're asking the long-term repercussions of relegation and finances, the loss of a hundred million pounds, all your best players and stuff probably mean that I'd rather have that every single week than a nice day out in May, you know, and so on. But, that that sadly, I know what Steve Parrish will want, considering he's about to stump up the money for the new stand. I think, yeah, he'd, 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 he'd forget, yeah. Well, uh, Kev, you've got mm. to understand that you know that football, being in the Premier League now with the finance and the money involved, the glory element to a degree of winning a cup has to be balanced with that. And yes, we do want to win a cup, but it's not like the old days. It is really, you know, Premier League survival should be achieved with what we have. And the chance to win a cup. So I don't think it's an either or, but I think a lot of clubs in the early I've rounds will see it. about it all my life. So just, <laughs> no. Even as a middle-aged man, I just still dream about being at Wembley. And, and I think it could <laughs> still happen because, and, and with the teams that are left in the draw, two of the big ones are playing each other Gavier, on Monday yeah, yeah. night. Mm. So that will leave Man City or at Newport. And you've got to think, let's hope not. In Newport's goal, he was a young kid that used to be with me at Palace in the schoolboys, actually, Joe Day. Um, but you know you've got to think that probably they'll get through. But if those two draw, the winner of Chelsea, Man United, and Man City are paired together, yeah. then that really is going to. Well, I got a question down. on that from Jesus. Jesus, who says, uh, first of all, uh, shout out to my dad who follows Palace from Lithuania after oh. growing up in Battersea. <laughs> nice there one. Yeah, we got a follow in Lithuania. That's, a that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Oh, I would love to hear that story. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Um, and then the question is. Would you prefer the chance to knock out Brighton and Millwall and get revenge on United in the cup final or the easiest draw going? Easiest draw going. <laughs> You're I'd right with that one. Draw going. I was really annoyed when we got Tottenham, to, but uh, I'd, I would have happily gone Grimsby, Newport, Cuba, wherever it is, just get, get to the finals, anything. And then see what happens. Well, I mean, it depends. To be fair, I don't think there's any team... Even the big three teams that are left won't wouldn't fancy playing Palace at Sellers Park. Yeah, that, yeah. I was going to say that honest. to you. So, on, a, on our day, we can beat anybody. Yeah, We've yeah. got a good enough side and a good enough squad. So there's nobody we should be afraid of, and that is 
a real credit to the to the chairman and yeah. the manager and everyone that's put the club where it is because we've got a squad full of players that will cause problems for any of the yeah, big absolutely, teams. Yeah. Yeah. So we shouldn't underestimate ourselves, one, and two, I'm the wrong person to ask about football club rivalry because I'm not... I don't really get it. I suppose yeah, well, no, when you work when you <laughs> work in it, it and you know lots of the people at <laughs> yeah, these places yeah. and you deal with them and stuff like that, you don't see it. For instance, Chris Hewton, the manager of Brighton and Hove Albion, anyone knows him, he's an absolutely great fella, polite, decent, kind, real nice, nice man. So I've got to admit, I'm probably one of the few Crystal Palace followers who doesn't sit there hoping that he has a disaster every week. Edit because this he's, out, you? <laughs> no, no, you can't no, allow this. But you know, I know staff there, players there, yeah, and stuff like that. You know, I don't. When you when you deal with all these people, you don't have this kind of oh, I don't like them or. I really like them or whatever it was. Well, to balance that, I worked with two writers who were Brighton fans who were just real wrong'uns. <laughs> they were really not good people, so on their, be- on their behalf, I think we should be more into it. My boss uh, is a Brighton fan. He's, he's really nice. There you uh, go. Oh, what's the matter with you people? You no, might be listening. I've no, never heard you down for a snowflake, so this no, is No, shit. no, no. I, just, I, just, I think when you deal with all these people, you kind of... Yeah, every fans, game is the same, isn't it? It's the same as the Renf game every summer. It's like we all... All the right... Life is more important than football yeah, of course. push comes to shove but yeah, still yeah. But it's still doesn't mean I don't want them to lose every yeah. game oh, we play I'd, I'd, <laughs> but it is ultimately you know the way some of the fans react and I think when I did I think you weren't there for the Brighton game last year but I think Streety did the podcast after with me uh and so all the fans were annoyed that I wasn't absolutely ecstatic about beating Brighton particularly and I don't really uh, some of the comments were like oh I can't believe how you know, he wasn't sort of ripping it up after us beating them and so on. It doesn't, you know, it's a win and it's good, but it's just three points. You don't get more points for beating Brighton than you do for beating Cardiff or uh, maybe, Newcastle maybe or anybody else. You've got you a know? lot of cut out on this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just um, a sensible head count. I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be rational yeah, with people. Yeah, when when my mate who works for I Brighton think, rings me up, yeah, I don't yeah. ignore his calls and tell him yeah, I hate yeah. him and stuff like that. I think, I, I think Steve Cobble managing them took the edge off it for a lot of, well, Palace fans, yeah. I think it's uh, certainly for, not for me, but for some <laughs> people. Well, I still like the fact that in the ticket office it says Falmer Town, does it? Rather than Brighton and Hove Albion. Well, they put out a thing on Twitter the other day yeah. and they starred out Brighton, didn't they? Was Good. it on their ticket website online? Good. <laughs> anyway, I think there was a few actually. Yeah. Steve Cobble, sort of Simon, Charles, Roger, Roger, yeah. Glenn Murray, the few sort of Palace favourites, if you like, yeah. have all ended up but there. Steve and, Thompson. Uh, when all I, the when I, I saw Bright- him, Jocko, yeah. actually, at the last game, yeah, he was there with Jamie Smith, yeah. He was one of my favourite ever players. I don't know why. What, Jocko, um, was he really? Um, let's wrap up the pod there. I think that's lovely. We'll, what, we'll... this praising Brighton note? <laughs> yeah. This celebration of all things South Coast and Sussex. We can't wrap it up there. <laughs> we are going to. Right. Um, thank you very much, to Kevin, for being here. You're welcome. Selzy. Absolute pleasure to spend my Friday afternoon <laughs> in your company, living with the creative people and how much they enjoy this life and freedom. I'm going straight back to bed. And True. Harry. Thank you very much. Top man. Uh, thanks for listening. The Extra Pod will be with you on Sunday night from uh, Doncaster. And we're back with a full pod next week. So enjoy your weekend. Let's hope Palace can make it through to the quarterfinal. And see you soon. Bye. Five!
Did you hear you could save up to 25% off grocery store prices at BJ's Wholesale Club? Did you say save up to 25% at BJ's? Yeah, save up to 25% at BJ's. Whoa, that's like saving up to one-fourth of... That's going to leave a mark. BJ's. Absurdly simple savings. Shop today. Not a member? Go to bj's.com slash simple savings. Sports Social Podcast Network.